Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It is 1234 in Dallas, Texas. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. All right. Uh, as we do every Wednesday on Oilers Now, we bring aboard the lead analyst for Hockey Night in Canada from NHL Hockey on Rogers, uh, former Edmonton Oilers player and coach Craig Simpson. Hello, Craig. How are you? I'm great, Bob. How's Dallas treating you? Uh, it is uh, hot and humid. So yeah. No surprise. I mean, you. Uh, I'm just trying to think. When did you end up uh, coming back on the uh, Oilers uh, coaching staff? What what, uh, what? what? What year is? Were you in? Oh, three, I believe it was. Oh, three. So yeah. you didn't work any of those series where it was Matt year no. after year. It seemed like the orders. Did you work a couple of those for TV? Uh, yes, I, I did a little bit in uh, television prior to that. But uh, no, definitely that's uh, one of the most challenging places in the old what Reunion Arena back there was trying to keep it. Uh, you know, the humidity was just a killer. So as much as everybody complains about ice. There are certain places that it's uh, it's a lot more difficult, and uh, that was definitely one of the most challenging in a in a really old building. Yeah, they. I mean, the ice used to just stick there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so humid, and uh, you know, very difficult. Uh, that's even being in Vegas when it was a hundred degrees out. Uh, it was so dry that the humidity wasn't really an issue, and so they able to to keep it at a better place. But uh, you know, every. Every city like that and every environment like that creates a different challenge, but especially when you had an old building down there, it was a very difficult one. Craig Simpson joining us here in Oilers now. Uh, Craig, tonight the NHL awards take place. Um, I'm going to ask you about uh, two different awards. I'm going to ask you about the Hart. The the choices for the uh, Hart Trophy are Connor McDavid. Not Connor McDavid. (laughs) Freudian slip there. Yeah, Uh, you got it. Exactly. You know what? If they change the definition, I, I and I, I think at some point they might. You know, I, I've never. The heart has become a very difficult one for people to try to go by the written law. I, I think, like anything, yeah. you should go. Who's the best player in the league? Uh, but well, isn't that, is isn't that what they do with the Lindsay though, for the players? Like the, the players. Yeah, the players. The... I, I, but, but again, that's the the players. Uh, I, I think does. You know, from a player perspective, it gives real credence because it is your peers that are voting. And I think for the players, they're looking around and saying, I don't care if your team made the playoffs. I don't care, you know, about the rest of your group. Who, who's the guy that you don't want to play against or that you want to watch every single night? And so I think that is of great value to the player that wins it. You know, ultimately, though, as much as it's a great honor, I don't think it holds the weight of being the Hart Trophy, uh, right. you know, winner, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's interesting, right? So we've got Andre Kopitar, Connor McDavid, not in the final three. Uh, Taylor Hall, Nate McKinnon, and Andre yep. Kopitar up for the Hart Trophy. Uh, to me, this is a two-horse race, and it's an incredible 
two-horse race because I'm not sure who's going to get it, whether or not it's going to be Taylor or Nate McKinnon. What do you think on that? Yeah, I, I think that is the difficult one where you say, okay, well, who? I, I think there are so many different vote splits on all the other things, be it Connor even being in the mix. So, you know, you see the three finalists there, but you have to go and look at all the different votes that came along the way and how many got separated and, uh, you know, taking different players for different reasons. I, I think if you look by the letter of the law, the the edge to me for Taylor is is that, you know, he was so far and above, offensively anyways, better than the next, you know, guy on the, on the list for his team. He had big goals. He had big games. Uh, he was able to pull that team into a playoff spot, and so... Um, you, you know, it, it is a bit of a splitting hairs as uh, uh, Nathan McKinnon had a fantastic year and really pushed that team to a better level as well. But I, I have a feeling it would be Taylor Hall today, uh, uh, later tonight at, at the awards. Well, you know what's interesting? Uh, just specifically with Nate McKinnon, we saw the Oilers play the Colorado Avalanche three times this season. Okay. And all Connor McDavid did in those three games, he was named the number one star in all three games. Head to head against Nate McKinnon. And I, I mean, I chided one of the writers out of Colorado because he didn't have, he said he didn't have McDavid in his top five picks. And I'm like, yeah. well, what the hell else could McDavid, uh, you know, do for you in the three games that you saw head to head, given the fact that he had goals and assists in the three games and was number one star in all three games? You know, so. Uh, that to me was interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I think McKinnon is going to be narrowly edge out Taylor. Yeah, I think, and I think Taylor should win the award. I really. Yeah, do. and you know what? This is the thing about the debate about awards, and and you know when you when you talk to players about what matters in their lives, it, it's always you know Stanley Cups and team things yep. because. So much of the awards, you, you, you know, are subject to other people. Uh, let's face it, around the league, everybody, myself, when you have to vote for things, you don't get a great sense of what every player is around every team in the league. I mean, you watch the league, you see most of the teams play, you're not covering a specific team. So everybody who covers their specific player has obviously a lot more investment in what that player has done night in and night out and, you know, what a difference he makes every time he steps on the ice. So uh, I do think it's a very difficult task to try to, you know, crown one winner. Uh, that is, again, going back to the Ted Lindsay, uh, you know, you, you really are as the players who play the game and have to go head-to-head -head against the guys are the ones that know best who they, they respect the most and who they feel the most. But there's always going to be a disappointment. I think every year you get that kind of scenario that I can't believe so-and-so didn't win it, but I think that's just the nature of the beast. And I think every year there's going to be these kind of debates as, as who should win the, a certain award. Well, and I do think when it comes to the Lindsay, which is the best player award voted on by the members of the NHLPA, I believe that David is going to win that award. I, I, you know, I just sense when you talk to players around the league, yeah. right, there's already reverence for Connor around the league from his peers. Yeah, and, and like we talked about at the end of the year, the, the fact that, you know, okay, you can shake off the disappointment of the team game, but uh, there was also a time where, you know, he dug in and then chase the leaders down and wins his second Art Ross, and you're, you're going, that's a, that's a pretty impressive task, and that's one that, 
you know, you, you as a player around the league, when you see it night in and night out and know how difficult that is to be a guy that's got a target on his back, that every team game plans against, that every guy knows that you've got to try to, you know, find a way to stop him, uh, that, that's pretty impressive. And those are the kind of things that from a player's perspective, you go, you know, who do I have the hardest time chasing down? And who, who's the most difficult guy to play against? And, you know, there are some really, really good, talented leaders in that category. But when you've been able to, in your first, uh, you know, three years in the league, win the Art Ross twice, that's pretty hard to argue that that's not a guy that every night uh, players around the league are trying to figure out how to way to stop. We're joined by Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. So tonight is the awards. Uh, coming. Uh, by the way, uh, you and me both vote for the coach of the year. Yep. Is there any way it's not Gerard Gallant? I, I I can't imagine, Bob. Just just because of the, you know, I really think both Jared and Bruce did wonderful jobs. Uh, Bruce, I I've, I've talked to you before. I think on another year, uh, because I I really didn't feel Boston had that. Uh, Ability. They had some holes. They had some young guys patching in in, in spots. I didn't think they would have a year that they did, and I think he he managed it extremely well. And so, but you know, when you have a year like that, and and even before you know the voting's before the playoffs, so nobody knew that Vegas was going to make it to the final. But uh, irrespective of that, you, you had a team that in January or late December, early January was actually first overall in the league. They, you know, not just doing okay as an expansion team, uh, they were leading for a little while there. So uh, to win your division in your first year, to have that kind of year, I, I don't know how you don't give it to Gerard in that regard. All righty. So we have the NHL draft taking place here in Dallas. Uh, this is a start of dreams. Uh, it is completely different now than it was uh, when you were drafted way back in 1995. Yeah, yeah it's it such a, like everything in the league, you know, it's, it's a spectacle. It's made for television. It's set out that way, and it was just beginning. I, I think our our nineteen eighty five was one of either the second or third that they really did have a television event for it, and it was broadcast. Uh, you know, the first round. So um, it was very much in its infancy there. The as we've talked before, the amount. You know, there was no NHL combine for the young guys to come in. There was rarely. You know, there wasn't a focal point to have interviews with all the teams and have everybody there. It was sort of, you know, ad hoc. You, you did it on your own prior to if you were a top pick, and then many of the other guys, uh, you know, are just sort of waiting and sitting by a phone to hear what happens. So I think it's great. I think it's a, a really good launching pad to try to draw interest to the good young players that are coming up, and you you think every year, you know, there's there's a surprise or two. There's a player that might drop, or or there might be a surprise player who climbs. And I, I think that's really the exciting part of uh, you know the first step. I, I always felt he, you you can't feel like getting drafted is the finish line. You know, I, I think part of some of the guys that get drafted in the first round think, okay, well I've made it. Well, you you haven't made anything yet. It just it's the one uncertainty of where you're going to get your uh, opportunity to start. And I, I think the players that really succeed use that launching pad and say, okay, at least now I know what organization, what group of players, what type of coach I'm going to have. Now the work starts. And I, I think that's what's the really exciting part for these 
young men who are nervously waiting around to see where they end up, where they get the opportunity to start their career. Craig, when you were on the Oilers coaching staff with uh, Craig Tavish, did you have any input? Like, did you ever sit down with the scout and have a conversation and try to develop some coordination in terms of maybe what you guys needed as coaches and maybe some intangibles that should have been factored in yep. in terms of the evaluation with the players? Yeah, and that's over the course of the spring. Uh, you know, when you have a chance to meet uh, the, the team, the organization would meet, all the scouts, all the uh, European amateur pro and from an input, it's more about our, our thoughts and feelings of the type of players. And I, I know one of Craig's biggest discussions with all the scouts was, you know, hockey sense and yeah. getting to know the person more. We actually went through the process of, of trying to identify and define, uh, you know, a description of what we felt hockey sense entailed. And, it's really interesting because for everybody it means different things. It, you know, we could have five of us watching the same game and we would all pick different types of things or what you're looking for or what you identify with might be different than I do. And so I think one of the really important processes was trying to put descriptive words uh, and feelings about what we meant about those things as players. And we, you know, it's easy always to go back to past drafts and say, well, why did you take this guy, and what did you see in him? Because we don't see that in him as a person or as a player. But that's easy to do because it's hearsay. It's looking backwards. The, you know, the difficult one is to all these young players that are sitting there waiting to be drafted that scouts have seen some have seen 10, 15 times. Others they've seen probably 100 times over the course. And I think that's the thing that's the most difficult to identify is those little intangibles. I, I think if you ask any of uh, today's scouts, general managers, coaches, you know, attitude is, is such an important pose. The, the, the ability to have that, you know, inherent work ethic that you're not trying to whip out of a guy that he inherit, that he has naturally and the ability to watch a guy play and say, Oh, he gets it. You know, he's, he's ahead of the play. He's reading where it is. He's got great knowledge. He, seems to be really well put together and you know if, if you can find that in a young player then i think you've got a really good chance of, of growing him into somebody special all right so we mentioned earlier in the show today craig simpson joining us from nhl hockey and rogers that uh, you know case the order scouts they're traveling here today i know conversations take place between managers but once those scouting staffs even if it's on the amateur side because there are pro scouts flying as well uh, you get the groups together and things heat up kind of the day before the draft. So now, Craig, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Was there any sort of during your time with the Oilers? And, uh, you know, it's been a few years here, so we're going to give you a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, but uh, the statute of limitations, was there ever a blockbuster deal that almost came to fruition that you guys, uh, between, say, going into the draft and into free agency, that uh, almost ended up uh, taking place that you recall off the top of your head? No, not so much a blockbuster deal. I think one of the difficult things for the GMs to pull the trigger on are, you know, when you do have a, a say, higher draft and, and you're, you're dangling it out there and an opportunity to maybe make your team better right away. Uh, I, I think there's always those kind of conversations and, okay, what's the value of that what is it this year? Their 10th pick. So 10th pick is still 
potential for a really good player. And uh, so I, I think those are probably, you know, not having lived in the GM seat to, to make that decision and pull it. I, I think those are the late night talks, uh, what, tonight, tomorrow night, uh, and the next night getting ready for the, for the draft that are the most difficult to say, you know, do you really believe in this? Is this guy going to make us better? I, I do remember, though, you know, adamant discussions and there was quite a debate uh and i can tell you from the coaching staff's perspective uh the one that probably shocked me the most uh or two that shocked me the most were not taking zach parise and i can remember you know our conversations from a coaching staff perspective saying you know we definitely like the, the pedigree and the kai and the person and the hockey sense and i think part of the question was okay is he going to be fast enough or do that and, and i i just remember probably you know not to go back on anything that that one to me was like how do you not take that guy and uh, uh kind of similar to me i when i the first year i retired i was at the draft in edmonton and you know the shane doan thing to me was like how do you not take shane doan in that uh moment but you know it's easier to say and to talk backwards about it but uh and another one for me was the Robbie Shrimp uh, taking. I, I was adamant in my mind that I just didn't feel like he was going to be an NHL star. And uh, you know, you you have your own personal opinion. You you throw it out there and you you take it for what you're worth. That's not my job within the organization. But those are two ones in my mind that uh, really stuck out: not taking Parise and taking Shrimp. Craig, where uh, where did Robbie Shrimp play junior hockey? London Knights. And where are you from? London, Ontario. And would you have had people and individuals that knew Robbie Shrimp from his time in London? Well, a little bit, and and, and more just saying, like you look at. To me, it's always it's difficult to evaluate players on those really good teams, and and. I'm not criticizing uh, junior coaches because every scenario is so different. But you get you get worried about players that are superstars at that level and are playing two minutes of power play time, so their pace of play isn't good because you can get away with that junior. They're they're playing 22 to 23 minutes, you know, long shifts, all, all the little things. When you're that much better at a junior level. Then you got to look at the person and say, is he going to be able to translate and transfer that to when he's an NHL player and he has no time? Does he have the work ethic to fight through that? Or has he been great his whole life and never really had to even think about how do I get the open space? Because he just does it naturally. And, you know, Robbie was a really skilled guy that didn't have great speed, but I just worried and thought, from my own experience of watching him, that uh, I'd be concerned that he would be able to adjust to the real life of the NHL player, which, as you know, how many great junior players have not been able to get a, you know, a stranglehold on being an NHL player? It, it's such a different game, and it, it becomes... Or how many great offensive players in the Canadian Hockey League have become good fourth-line players in the National Hockey League. Like, there's no shame in that, but you got to learn how to play that way to survive at the NHL level. Yeah, Craig, you're 100% right. I mean, Shrimp never did come to fruition as an Oiler. Just on the Zach Parise thing, if I recall correctly, the Oilers had a player by the name of Mike Comrie, another smaller, skilled guy. 
Yep. Uh, and maybe there was a little bit of hesitation. Um, the, the 0-3 playoffs, uh, the Oilers lost in six games to the Dallas Stars. Mike was not overly effective in the back half of that season and uh, and ultimately got moved during the course of the That's what I said. It's never fair to go back and, and right. you know, I'm not criticizing. Of other... I'm just saying those, yep. those yep. are the uh, realities at the time, and it's, you know, it's a blank page there. There, There is no history on what the guy has done in his career, right? Yeah, no, uh, you know, and the funny part about, uh, you know, I, I remember hearing rumors that the Oilers were in on Eric Lindros. And you and me have different views, slightly different. I, I thought, you know, I know that Eric was a hell of a player in his prime. Yep. Uh, he was never going to come here. We know that. Yep. But that would not have worked out for Edmonton because he was a rapidly declining asset uh, by the time he ultimately left, uh, you know, the Flyers, and uh, he was still a productive player of the Rangers, but, it, you know, he, he went to, where did he go, Toronto and then Dallas? Yep. Not even the same guy. Craig, we appreciate your time. Uh, look forward to talking uh, next week just as we head into free agency, okay? All right, Bob. Have a good week. Yep. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, that is... Craig Simpson, the lead analyst for Hockey Night in Canada. It is 12.55 in Edmonton. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. Uh, it's the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes nonstop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions. Pass for reservations to Disneyland. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or book online at newwesttravel.com. We are going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We'll rejoin you at 104 from Dallas with Sam Cosentino uh, from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. Get some thoughts on the upcoming NHL draft. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.